what TSP has done for me is shifted my thinking from artist to entrepreneur. Mm, that's good. I was so much in talent before I engaged with the community. I was thinking about getting booked, having dates, getting on shows as opposed to monetizing the skill set that I already have. Welcome back to another episode of Traffic Sales and Profit Show. I'm your host, Lamar Tyler. And today, we in for a wild ride, people. Check this out. I got my man, mastermind member, comedian, Mike Goodwin, in the building. And Mike, I wanted you here to talk to the people today because um, you do uh, a great series, of, besides your comedy, uh, instruction, education, you know, speaking and workshops around infusing comedy in your presentations, your talks. And I feel like all business owners should be able to speak and present and be able to, you know, share ideas with people if they need clients, if they need money, if they need sponsors, whatever it may be, right? right. So you were saying like comedy can be that thing for them. Right. Yeah, I think comedy is very similar to seasoning in your mm. food. Most folks don't want bland food. They want food that's delicious, flavorful. And so if your presentation is bland, your sales will be slow. Mm. Your engagement is going to be slow. You really need to put a little paprika, a little sauce, you know, something to perk up what you're doing. Because a lot of times what I've seen from speakers, entrepreneurs that aren't speakers primarily, right. they're more focused on the content than the delivery That's of true. the content. That's true. And I, I've even thought about that myself. And I hear people think about all the time, like, hey, I don't want all that other stuff. I just want to go out and teach, teach the people. But, you know, it's even interesting because what I found, too, is that just because you like to receive stuff like that, doesn't mean that's out of masses. Right. And really, when you present to people, you got to present in a way that the masses can actually take it right. in. And it's similar. I was thinking about this about presentations similar to restaurants. Mm. So what type of restaurant are you? Are you a Waffle House where <laughs> you just want to get good food out, but it's I thought you were about to say you want to fight. <laughs> I didn't know. You, you want to go, you wanna throw blows at your presentation? <laughs> Be the Waffle House. But a lot of folks present like the Waffle House. Mm. They're like, just focus on the material. Don't look around. <laughs> Don't be in my bathroom. Just look right. Don't care about what I have on. Look at my content. They're like, that's the Waffle House. If you go to Waffle House, don't look. Don't be peering over the stand. <laughs> you gonna be greatly disappointed. It sound, it sound like a fly. Here's right. a fly. Like it's don't even look at it. It's the biggest fly you've ever seen. So, some people you want to be a roof, Chris. You want to have mm. an ambiance. You want to have folks set a reservation. Like, oh, I'm expecting a great presentation. Versus, oh, that, you surprised me with a great mm. presentation. I heard your content was great, but the way you delivered. Man, I never saw it coming. And that's where I think entrepreneurs can win far more than an entertainer because they know you're going to be funny. They want you to be mm. funny. They're anticipating you to be funny. As a presenter, they want good content. Yeah. But if you put some seasoning in it, if you have some engaging stories and some analogies that people can follow, you got them in the bag. That's Oh, that's that's so good. Right. If, if you, you're watching this, I want you to go on social and I want you to uh, uh, tag Mike. Uh, Mike, what's your, what's your, what's your Bowtie Comedy. Bowtie Comedy. Bowtie Comedy on I want all you the platforms. Tag Bowtie Comedy, right? Tag, uh, you know, at Lamar Tyler. And let us know that you're not going to be the Waffle House. Of, <laughs> of presentations. Of, you know. I, what you're not going to do. I, I had a buddy tell me when I go, he said, when I go to Waffle House, 
I just tell them to put all my stuff in uh, to-go containers. Even though, even though I'm eating this at the restaurant. <laughs> he said, I don't even want to bring the, a styrofoam the cup. And, <laughs> and then you got to get the styrofoam for like in the middle. You don't get the one on the top. <laughs> Be like, go down there a little bit. <laughs> I want the one not exposed. Right. So um, before we jump in, because I know you got some specific stuff we're talking about right. that you want to share with the people about how to do this. But, but. I want to talk a little about your story. Like, how did we get here? Because one of the things, just I know you for a while now. Right. As we've talked, one of the things that surprised me is when you told me how serious you was as a youth. Uh, <laughs> like that shocked me, right? Because I just, I just would think, yeah. Otherwise, like comedy for me was like a secret weapon. Like people didn't uh, normally readily associate it with me if unless they knew me. Like if you were mm -hmm. around me, you spent time with me. Like, oh, he's a funny guy. But if you saw me, man, I just, you know, we we grew up in the 90s, man. Like, I, I saw this, there's a, a a movement now with Black Boy Joy. There was no Black Boy Joy in the 90s. <laughs> there wasn't no Black Boy Smile, <laughs> Black Boy Dancing on the, no, bro, you had to be Ice Grill, like. <laughs> and you could be happy, but you better not show it to people. So you guys are all getting jumped out here. <laughs> hey, with all that giggling for over there, young fella. So. Like I had your parents that. be mad if you you <laughs> Yo, people like, what, you, what you smiling about? Right. What's so funny? I, man, you know what I'm talking about. I'll give you something to smile about. Listen, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a different era. I'm not doing anything. So congratulations to Black Boy Joy, because I could not participate. <laughs> I had a lot of joy. I had a lot, of, I had a lot of joy on the inside. So I had to have an ice grill. And then I'm dark skinned. So you know, we very intimidating just by virtue of, hey man. What that dark skinned dude doing in here? Like, people ask questions. Like, you just don't slide in a room as a dark skinned person and nobody nobody recognizes you. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Was he, is he here to take something? He's in a fight? What's he here to do? So, I had to, like, I had to mask it. And then when I would, you know, do the comedy and be funny, it was too potent. Like, I didn't have the ability mm -hmm. to, to cut it down. Like, yeah. so. It was very mean. So people would say, oh, you're so mean. I wasn't mean. I just didn't know how to exercise <laughs> the gift of comedy. So I had no filter. I was just saying things. And they were coming off abrasively. They were coming off mean. And I grew up in the church. In the church, there was no plan. There's no plan. <laughs> you're getting pinched. You're getting your ears snatched. There's no jokes in the church. Right. The Jesus not for jokes. There's no jokes in Jesus church. So we had to sit there with these grown people on these hard seats. Why do they have hard wooden seats in a place you're going to be for at least three hours? We didn't even have the cushion seats. We had the pews, like straight up, butt to bone on the, on the hardwood. And you, uh, pause. I don't know if that's supposed that sound a little weird. But <laughs> that was my experience. And I was around older people a lot. And so that's a that's a that's kind of a um a conundrum of of humor and professionalism, humor mm. in the workplace. Because I think, I think especially in our culture, there's something about when you're being humorous, you're not being professional, you're not being serious. Right. Correct, yeah. And so there's that baggage that comes along with it. So I had to hide this jovial part of who I was to be taken serious. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's good, because I think even with me, every now and then I'll hear somebody remark that like, oh, you know, somebody comes to a conference, a TSB conference, and they're like, oh, you know, 
uh, you need to be more serious. You know what I'm saying? Like you need, you know, this information is good, but you need to present it in a more, more professional way. Because they, right. they, they say that being serious is being professional. Right. Right. Ooh, and I good. think that's a myth. I think that, because the conversation that I can have with a lot of people, comedy's neutral. Mm. Comedy's like money. It's what you choose to do with the comedy. Mm. Most people automatically engage with comedy from a negative standpoint. They think about when they were teased as a kid, okay. when people crack jokes on their mama, like all the negative experiences or a nightclub comedian the language. Yeah. They're not thinking of Joel Osteen, who's hilarious, but nobody ever was like, you bring up comedy. Oh, I like that Joel Osteen, man. That's a funny guy. Nobody ever brings his name. He's not a comedian, but when I think about somebody that uses comedy in a very positive, yeah. motivational factor, he's a person that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. So people, in our brain, there's cognitive dissonance between mm -hmm. humor and professionalism. And it's, it, that's, yeah. the, that's the bridge I try to, and, I try to uh, bring folks over. And I'll tell you, I realized recently, I've missed the opportunity because on stage, I play a lot. Right. right? Um, I play a lot. Right. In the crowd, they enjoying it. Right. I play even more. That's I like think my, you guys are more comfortable That's my green playing. light. Exactly, right? But the thing is, I don't do a lot of that outside of the stage. It's some other people. Like, when the people in the room, it's different, right? Right. Um, I don't do a lot outside of the stage, but we recently had um, a new member join the TSP Mastermind. And as soon as she got in, the first thing she told me was, oh my God, I know you're just funny. And she said, if I'd known you're just funny, she said, I would have been joining the mastermind. <laughs> and I'm like, out here, I'm out here, drawing diagrams on the flip chart. I'm doing all, all of the, right, <laughs> giving you right. these traffic strategies. All that do is just literally play as much on social and, right. and in the other venues that I do on stage. But right. she, she literally told me, like, was honest and good the truth. She literally said, if I'd have known he was this funny, I would have joined a long time ago. Right. And I didn't realize, like, man, for me, that even was a weapon and a tool to make me stand out right. from in a sea where everybody looked the same, right? You know, your message can make you different. Your culture can make you different. But, like, that piece of it could have been something I used as a differentiator to separate myself from the crowd, too. And it speaks to the authenticity of who you mm. are. That was, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm still getting there as, a, as an entertainer. The Mike Goodwin off stage and the Mike Goodwin on, it's probably about 80%. Like, mm. I'm not all the way <laughs> the dude. Because <laughs> I'm in some settings where you don't want to see the dude. Like, <laughs> so I'm, that's a growth process for myself. Like, bringing my whole self to my performances, to my interactions with clients, just in general in business. Mm, so that's good. So, so TSP show, one of the primary things to talk about is entrepreneurship. How long now have you been a full-time entrepreneur in comedy? Because cool. most people don't realize comedy is entrepreneurship. That's a great, great point. Full-time, about 10 years. Wow. 10 years, full-time. And TSP, TSP has been very instrumental for me because my wife was very involved. My wife was a one-on-one -on -one client with Lamar when he coached. Way back in the dark ages. You know? I don't like talking with them days. You don't even want to sell people, people that don't exist. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> you don't even want edit, that information. That part. <laughs> he scrubbed the internet. So I'm like, I heard you use the coach. Uh, what's the opportunity? So like, I had known about Lamar, and you've been, you know, Rosal was in. Like, she had gone to conferences, and I remember she brought me, like, she was asking me for a minute to come. And I was like, oh, I got, you know, it was always some kind of conflict. And then when I went to the first one, it was like a family that I didn't know I, I mm. wasn't a part of. It's like you meet cousins and especially as an entertainer and a comedian, 
what TSP has done for me is shifted my thinking from artist to entrepreneur. Mm, that's good. I was so much in talent before I engaged with the community. I was thinking about getting booked, having dates, getting on shows as opposed to monetizing the skill set that I already have. And how mm. do I scale and grow and, and build a business as opposed to build my stardom or my name. And so that was a tremendous shift. And, and you know, that part is even good because I'm sure it's creatives watching. And that's what I found. I've seen the best creatives in the world around photography, around film, around, right. you know, graphic design, painting. Right. But the disconnect is oftentimes the entrepreneurship piece, right? right? Where it's like, hey, you know, if I want to do it as a business, being great at the craft is only, I want to say it's a small part of it. It's small. But, you know, but I mean, you probably know, yeah. it's probably dudes way funnier than anybody we've seen ever on TV in a movie, right. but they still at the barbershop right. or whatever because the business piece right. is what they couldn't piece together. And there's people that have the business piece and you go see them live and you're like, <laughs> you know, it's straight. But you enjoying There's the all, all, the, all the clips was all the yeah, clips. The, yeah, yeah, the clips. You, hey, it, you, when you add them together, it's like 15 minutes. Because so, you watch it like 30 seconds. So in that room, it takes a long time to hold yeah. an audience. So absolutely. And even the way I learned, because I'm, I'm 47, so I learned I was becoming a comedian before the internet hit. Mm. And and my mentors and the folks that I looked up to were very skeptical and very suspicious of the internet. They, I mean, literally would tell young comedians not to put content mm. online because that's people steal your people content. Steal, yeah. And so we were at a disadvantage because folks weren't leaning into the technology. Now you got guys like Kev on stage that were, but a vast majority of comedians and entertainers were not. Now that's why you see these grown people doing kid-like content because they're trying to catch <laughs> up on the content they should have did yeah. seven years ago, eight years ago. And so that was a big shift for all, for, for me, but I think, I think creators would greatly benefit to get in a entrepreneurial space. That's good. Because, yeah, and I was just telling my wife, Recently, I just started realizing that my entrepreneur brain and my creative brain, they're two different things. Yes. And I need to be able to focus. And I think what happened to me, I just got overwhelmed at mm -hmm. looking at, hey, we got to pay insurance on the building and we got to uh, get some more product. And mm -hmm. hey, man, you got this show on Friday. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, it like scrambled. <laughs> My, my my senses of like, oh, I, it's too much. I can't. So I let me just focus on the on the on the comedic start. Mm -hmm. And that I think that's the part with, with creatives. We're here in the in the creativity and the craft, but you're here in entrepreneurship. Mm. And we don't want to feel, yeah, we don't want to feel like a rookie. Like we've paid mm. our dues, we've done these, yeah, we got these good. great clients, I booked these great shows. But down here as an entrepreneur, I'm in the first grade. And it's kind of humbling to say, yeah. okay, I'm not where I want to be, but if I don't put any effort and attention to it, I'm never going to get to where I'm supposed to be. Do you find that people um, outside of your family, right, um, look at comedy as entrepreneurship? I don't. I think other entrepreneurs do, but folks that work a nine to five typically don't see it as entrepreneurship. Because people, I mean, I just had it happen to me last night. Folks, man, I, man, I see you killing the game, man. I see, man, you all over the place. What else you do with comedy? <laughs> <laughs> what 
you just said I was. <laughs> you saw how well I was doing. <laughs> well, I know you're selling life insurance. <laughs> I know you're doing Prime America. I know, I know you're watching cars on the weekend. <laughs> so people just automatically think there's some other component that's funding comedy. Like, yeah. no, comedy's funding itself. Mm, that's good. That's good. All right. So, um, we talked earlier about the fact that people need to use comedy more right. and what they do and right. how they do it. Like, like, um, let's talk first about misconceptions. What are some big misconceptions you think people make when it comes to um, their, you know, even thinking they can do it or not or anything like that? One that I said earlier, comedy's neutral. So, so the misconception is comedy's negative in the workplace. It's not negative, it's neutral. It's how you choose to engage. One of the ways I see this happen in the workplace folks bring their personal level of comfort with comedy to work. Mm. So you try to do inside jokes and mm. we got an outside relationship. <laughs> I don't know you like that. But you trying to be familiar with me because we spend seven, eight hours a day yeah. at a place. So you think, oh, we got opportunities to have the same <laughs> jokes. I have my college buddies, folks I grew up with. Man, we've been working together for two years. And like, you just can't say those things, you don't even know my children's name. Like, if I were to yeah. quiz you about who I am, you don't really know anything. So I think that's the first place. People in the workplace should focus more on relationship, developing a relationship, than trying to be funny and mm. charismatic and those type things. The other thing I think with comedy that's a challenge is there's some folks that have been socialized to not think something is funny or, or to think funny is appropriate. Mm. So if you're laughing at work, you're like, y'all having too much fun in there. Like if, if, <laughs> if you hear, if you had a, a meeting and somebody, I, we see that at the mastermind. So if this table, they having the time of their life, <laughs> this table over there, they're quiet, nobody really engaging. Everybody looking, well, what are y'all doing over there? We supposed to be working. <laughs> y'all having too much fun. Like, like they've hate, they hating <laughs> on me at the mastermind. Did you like what you just heard? Well, let me tell you about this real quick. We want to expose you to something that's amazing, and that is the TSP Mastermind. If you are a business owner that's trying to reach your next six, seven, or eight figures in business, and you're looking for a community of like-minded, purpose-driven, and ethical entrepreneurs, then guess what? You're in the right spot. We have a 12-month program with one-on-one -on -one coaching, accountability, trainings, events, and more in order to help you reach the next level in your business. For more information, visit www.trafficsalesandprofit.com. Dot com. Oh. Look, if I'm in there doing a hot seat or a breakout and we got the air wall up, it's always somebody driving on the other side of the air wall, right? Y'all ain't learned y nothing. Y'all not talking giggling. about strategies <laughs> and implementing. Y'all over there key, key, key. So that's a major learning. When you laugh, you learn. Mm. People remember funny stories because it, they, it, it, it was impressionable. Yeah, it's true. When you're dry, you're like, man, what, did, what, what happened? What did we talk about? Folks can tell stories that have a, a, a component of humor and laughter in it because the brain loves humor. Mm. And I think that's one of the misconceptions that being able to be humorous means you need to be intellectual. Like, now some people do lowbrow, but at a high level, folks that are able to bring these very different analogies together, that takes some that takes some brain power. And I think that comedy oftentimes is looked at some trivial as opposed to, no, this is a very intellectual endeavor and it takes a lot of 
practice and study to to make this happen and to make it look easy. That's the I think that's the biggest part of humor because it looks easy. People don't think it's hard. Mm. So what about people? Because I'm sure somebody's watching right now and they're saying, well, I'm just not funny. Right. Like, is it is it possible somebody who just right feels like they don't have a funny bone in their body to still be able to deliver some level of humor? There was a great quote I heard that you don't have to be funny, but your audience needs to laugh. Mm. So you can do that by presenting a meme. That's true, yeah. You can do a clip. You can do a video. Like, there's so many. You can you can contract the funny out. Like, if you don't feel comfortable, I can't make websites, but what I do, I hire <laughs> somebody to make a website. So what, what entrepreneurs or somebody that would say that question, they will ignore it. They say, I just won't deal with that part. No, go... Contract that out. Bring somebody like Mike Goodwin in to say, let me look at what you're doing and let me show you where you can add humor. Again, get a clip. Put a meme up. Put a funny statement that you've heard yeah. that people respond positively to. You don't have to be funny, but your audience needs to laugh. You know, th and that's that's actually an excellent point because even recently we had our, um, our like annual meeting for the company. And I wanted to inspire them. So actually, I didn't start out by me saying something. I started out by putting this freaking five-minute clip of Denzel accepting this award that I think is like one of the most inspirational speeches I've seen. And basically, Denzel inspired the team. Right. And then I just came up after the, <laughs> after Denzel exited YouTube. I just came up and did, <laughs> did my thing. But you got to think about that. That was yeah. intentional. So yes. you came with some intentionality. People don't come with an intentionality to entertain their audience. They want to educate them. They want to get you into the bag. But don't you want to do that in a very humorous manner? Don't but you want to do what that about, in a way? What about the people who say, I want to use humor, but they say, I can't be intentional with it because I'm only good off right. the cuff. Because right, I'm sure right, you hear that too, right? right? Like, I'm yeah. only good off the cuff. Right. Like, I can't really practice ahead of some right. speech. It's that's like a three-point shooter that's streaky. That's you, don't, <laughs> you don't put on enough reps. <laughs> you just feel it today. But we can't depend on that. So, like... When you bomb, you bomb. <laughs> like when you on when you like when you hot, like, oh man, he put up 23. <laughs> Boy, when you bad, the coach, hey, come here. So you don't want those, you don't want that up and down performance. So realize, okay, my best shot is when I'm at the top of my shot, as opposed to I shoot when I go up. That's the same with comedy. Like what records your presentation and all those improv moments. Take those and put them in other moments. I do that in my set. There's th there are things that happen on stage one time and people laugh. I'm like, oh, you coming mm -hmm. with me? Like that wasn't <laughs> planned, but I know that gets a laugh. I talk about this, and, and you can this you can test this. This is comedy comes from a place of uh, unexpectedness. Uh, people aren't anticipating. That's you're mm -hmm. surprised. That's what comedy comes from. So anytime you check into a hotel. Those folks are in their mode. They're like, hey, the uh, Continental Breakfast is from 8 to 10, parking. Like, they have their script. Yeah. You get people off your script. You say, how many cards would you like today, Mr. Goodwin? Uh, let me get 75. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hand them out there. We're going to have a little, little party. <laughs> and now they got to stop <laughs> and focus. So that what that's what comedy does. It causes... You know, somebody on their cell phone, they're messing around, and you say something that they didn't tell. Whoa, wait a minute, what? Let me lock in, man. Let me pay attention. Yeah. And so that's the beauty of it. If you can embed those in your presentation, and you already do it, you know you do it. You just aren't deliberate about it. You haven't recorded yourself and watched the footage back. That's hard. 
Mm. People want to do easy stuff. I'm talking to my son right now. If it's if if right if right is hard and left is easy, he going left. I'm talking about a hundred percent of the time. And I'm like, bro, you gotta go right. You gotta go right because if you keep going left easy, life's gonna be hard. But if you go mm. hard early, life's gonna be easy. So that's the same thing with presentation. So if you're one of these people that you know you're funny, you're spontaneously funny. I'm not telling you not to. To, to lose that. Right. What I'm telling you to do is to be more deliberate and embed those moments in your presentation when you know when I say this, I'm gonna get a, a positive response. Mm. And just have the have that in your toolbox. Like yeah. you're not cheating because you didn't get that laugh. You wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it to get that laugh. People treat the laughs like it's money in your pocket. You're like, oh, look here. $20 came from. You had it in there already. Yeah. Like. Just be more deliberate about putting it with the rest of your money. Like, you got it surprising you. Like, no, you surprise the audience. Don't surprise yourself. <laughs> All right, I love it. So um, being deliberate, intentionality, that practice, what else should people know about being able to infuse uh, uh, humor and comedy into what they do? If you are open to doing it, I think the first thing, and I, I listen to one, of, I'm not only a guest, I am a member I participate in listening <laughs> to the podcast. Okay, I, I'm not okay. Just out here sitting on the couch, like I put in hours. You know, every now and then we have somebody coming. They be like, "This one, y'all should do that." <laughs> I'm like, "You never, you never watched it. You I, never watched I'm show. part of the show community. See, I even know to say show. <laughs> exactly. As hey. to the other word. Hey, listen. <laughs> I slipped that other word in there by accident. I told myself they don't say the, the other word. They say show. <laughs> so, uh, I think one of the things I listen to Andy's presentation yes. is like rap a story in a point. Mm -hmm. So don't make a point without telling the story. I, I, I'm really starting to focus now on thinking about how do my words make people feel? There's a, there's a speaker, Simon uh, Bailey. He says, I want, I, want my, I want to hug you with my words. Mm. So I'm intentional. I'm starting to think more about how do people feel? You know, you can give great information. You can feel great. But when they walk away from your ex exchange, how do they feel? You know, I say I'm a, I'm a refreshingly funny comedian and keynote speaker. When people walk away from what I do, they say, man, that was that was funny, but they said that was refreshing. And I was like, mm -hmm. whoa, man, I really needed that. I didn't know I needed it. So I think that if you can think about the things that make you feel good, why do you not think that if you share those with other people, they won't feel good? Mm -hmm. And so to make a point, I'm, I'm gonna do an example of that. So one of the things I think is very important for speakers to have this confidence. Mm -hmm. Gotta have confidence. So when I was in high school, I ran track and our coach is Coach Stratford. He's, he's going on, but Coach Stratford, I don't know where he was from originally, but he talked a little funny and he didn't say words correctly. So he used to love to say practica. You need to come out to practica. <laughs> you guys, I don't understand you. You don't want to come out to practica. <laughs> You don't want to come to practica, but you want to do well in the meet. You want to you want to run well in the meet and not come to practica. And that's how comedy is. If you don't practice it, you're not gonna do well in your presentation. So you got to come out to practica. You got to come out. I don't understand you guys. You want to smoke dope. You want to run around with the ladies, but you don't want to come to practica, but you want to pace in the meet. Mm. And I was really like, I learned that lesson as a young person you can't expect to do well in a presentation if you've not put in the reps yeah. somewhere else. Let, let's talk about that with the, uh, the the practice though, because um, we do like a lot of launches, like whether it's you know online stuff or 
small pop before I get to the big conference where, right. where it matters right. the most. Right. So I get a lot of chance to try out you know, different hooks, different jokes, right. different like, you know, breakdowns of mindset stuff and see if right. it works. Because when I get to, like you said, when I get to the, the thing that matter, I can't be fooled. Like I might like try and play with it a little bit, but right. I need right. the stuff to work right. to get people where I need to get them to. Um, but like for the average person at home, like, well, well, I don't really have a lot of that plan. How right. can I practice get in? Because there's been times when I tell Ronnie, oh, I'm about to kill him with this. I gotta, I'm like, I got a joke in here, and it's, and I'll set my slides up like this slide, this slide, don't and then this, right? <laughs> and it, it, you know, we did a, a workshop somewhere, it's a pop up, and it might be like 20 people in that room, and I got to that line, I was like, ba ba ba. And crickets. Up. Yes, right. So I just like I just like <laughs> I just you kept ain't going. You didn't run hey, it that by thing nobody. Was, <laughs> hey, we had like another date the next week, another city. Do two slides a day. Yo, delete it, right? Um, but the benefit of this other thing I was teaching, people ain't understand because it was too deep. So I brought it more high level, right? So I got I got to try through my reps before the average person saying, "Well, right. well, I just got you know just presentation next month." Like, right? Like what comedy? How are they practicing it? Open like, mics. It, yeah, okay. we go out to open mics. So you'll go out to an open mic on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it's a drunk crowd. You know, it's not the yeah. best. It's not a, people hadn't paid tickets. They come in to watch open mic comedy, like practice comedy. So as a person that is not doing that, go live. Mm, that's that's the, one of the most easiest. I thought you were about to say, they take their PowerPoint to an open mic. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, go live. Go live. Engage your audience. And go on and say, hey, guys, I want to share a couple of things and try the joke out. Try the, uh, the that that technique, whatever you want to do. Because even the live stream gives you the instant. It gives that's, you That's know. the one thing. When we started doing lives, I used to do videos before and just post them up. But I love our live because I get them hearts. I get the... You know, the LOLs in the in the chat and the, the instant reaction from people. That's the thing, man. And the beauty of a of a joke is when it doesn't work, oh, it's quiet. You know, nobody's gonna come and punch you like like Will Smith. Like nobody's gonna come hit you in the face. <laughs> in most cases. I'm, I'm gonna say. <laughs> in most cases, folks aren't gonna come and attack you. You just gonna have a flat moment and you gotta keep it moving. But if it hits, man, that's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to have to wait to talk. Yeah, yeah. Some of y'all don't know the feeling to wait to talk. You just you got to keep going because you don't feel comfortable enough with what you're presenting to take a pause. And some people do take a pause, but it's great to take a pause with people laughing. That's a mm. that's a good feeling. Do you have advice for what happens when they get to a point that that thing doesn't hit? Oh, yeah. Say that, oh, I thought that would go better. Like, just acknowledge <laughs> it. That's one of the easiest ways. Because normally when you do that, that actually gets to laugh. Yeah, that like, oh, yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. I never you thought about that, too, because actually, say it. <laughs> even when you flop, if you acknowledge it, then everybody laughs anyway, so people you still like, get to yeah. laugh. Just say, hey, man, I thought y'all would laugh a little better than that. So scratch that out in the slide. <laughs> they laugh, and you keep it moving. That's one of the ways. One of the other ways, I think, is wait a little longer. Because some... If you say something that's funny, it takes some people time to process. That's why, yeah. you know, you're doing a show and I say a joke and then maybe 10 beats later, somebody gets it. They're like, ah, ha, ha. I'm like, oh, oh, you got the dial-up. <laughs> you got that dial-up memory over there. So you, like, give people the opportunity to digest what you're communicating. And then I think the other thing is to not blame it on the audience. Say, hey, how can I make this better? Because oftentimes, 
will say, oh, that was just a bad crowd. Or, yeah. That audience didn't get me. Oh, they don't understand the it. It was yeah. for the noise. Like, no. What too smart. Work? They yeah. too fancy. They stuck up. It's always something. Quit, ex quit making excuse for the audience and say, hey, okay, how can I make this better? What can I do to make this better the next time? Hmm. All right. I hope y'all enjoyed this. Lots, lots and lots of nuggets. All right. Um, so as we're going through now, you know, I'm, I'm a person watching. I'm infusing stuff. I'm practicing. Right, I'm getting right. my reps in. I'm right. going live and I'm doing different things. Um, there's a lot of structure in comedy. I don't yeah. think people realize because I think most people just just giggle <laughs> and laugh and think like, oh, it's natural. But like, can we talk about some of the structure? Yeah, or some yeah. of the most times people think you just walked up on stage and started talking. And that is not the case. So if you think about a joke, there's really three pieces to a joke. You have the premise. You have the component of a joke that's setting up what we're about to talk about. Mm. So you set the premise of, uh, there's a joke, you say, hey, I just recently bought a gun. And people are like, oh, okay. Now that's not supposed to be funny, but if they laugh, that's, that's good. Yeah. Then the next thing is the punchline that comes with, that's the, that's the surprise, that's the joke that makes people laugh. So let me let me do my joke because uh, let's do a joke where I'll say, um, I'll say like I wear bow ties. I say, man, you know I wear bow ties all the time. That's setting up the premise. Mm -hmm. And I was at the hotel, and the dude was like, "Assalamu alaikum, brother." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I like the Lakers too." <laughs> so that's the so the premise is I wear these bow ties. Then the, the next because the premise can be more than one line. So right. the premise is I wear bow ties, and sometimes people. Confuse me as being with the nation. So, where this bow tie, I'm at the hotel, dude, like, Asalaam Lakum, brother. And I'm like, yeah, I like the Lakers too. So, that's the punchline. So, that's premise, punchline, and then tag is the. So, think of a joke like a balloon. So, the premise is throwing it up, the punchline hits it in the air, mm -hmm. the tag is hitting it back up before it falls. So, mm -hmm. if I say, I was at the hotel, Wearing my bow tie, dude, like, hey, assalamu alaikum, brother. I was like, yeah, I like the Lakers too. Uh, let me get one of those pork sausages. Okay. <laughs> so, like, that's the tag that keeps the laughter yeah. going. So those are all the components of a laugh, of a of a of a joke. So what you don't want when you create a joke is a bunch of premise before you get to the punchline. Mm. Minimum premise to get to that punchline. So whatever mm. it is that you think is funny put minimum explanation in front of them. And that that's where people fail, because yeah. they they set all this up. Yeah, I was with my cousin, we was at the football game, and this girl behind me, like, hey man, get, <laughs> hey, get to it. Hey, I'm at the football game, this person says some crazy thing. That's the joke. But folks like to build up the anticipation. Comedy's not drama, you know, it's not suspense. Yeah. So the faster you can get to it, the better. The other thing you can do is a callback. I do those a lot. So if you made a, a joke earlier in, the, in the, your presentation, you can go 10, 15 minutes in, call that joke back. Yeah. One of the things that I think is important to do when folks first start their presentation, they may say something about the room, whether the room is a beautiful room, the weather, you know, the, the air condition, I don't like, not, not be offensive, but say something that everybody kind of knows. The traffic's bad. I, I think I heard somebody say I was at the uh, at a presentation one time. Someone said they were at the Atlanta Museum of Culinary Art, <laughs> aka the Waffle House. And like, <laughs> so that's how they started. Like, I enjoy coming to Atlanta because I get to visit Atlanta. You know, I'm, from, I'm from California, so I get to visit. 
the Atlanta Culinary School of Art, the Waffle House. And then so 15 minutes later, they say something about, yeah, man, I got an all-star slam waiting for me. As soon as we... So you call, call back, back that yeah. joke that got to laugh early, got to laugh earlier. You see, I mean, keep comedians, especially when they interact with the crowd. Yeah. And you're 15 minutes in the show. And be like, isn't that right, Frank? So you even mess with Frank yeah. at the beginning of the show. Now you're into your stuff. Yeah, you know Frank don't like that. <laughs> then people laugh again. So that callback is embed jokes inside the beginning of your uh, in your commentate or your presentation that you can thread back yeah. throughout the. That's good. Of your... You know, always say that um, selling the storytelling, which you heard me probably say right. Times. And always it felt like comedians are some of the best storytellers. I don't think the average person realizes it because they did so much in the moment, right? right. But they don't right. really right. realize right. how great right. of a storyteller, like, like, but you, like you said, right? Like everything you said as you've been talking, you know, I've been, you know, thinking about and reflecting at the same time. Right. right? I'm gifted, right? <laughs> um, but as, you, as, you, as you've been talking, right, like about those pieces, like, like you said, like we remember comedy. Because whenever you see a good comedian, the first thing you do is when you talk to somebody like, how was it? You start reciting the jokes. Exactly. And hey, he said this. Hey, exactly. you know, she said, hey, it was just one part with that. Exactly. And like you said, like in a dry presentation, even if you thought it was good, you might come out and say that was great. And somebody say like, what's your takeaway? What's your notes? Right. And you'd be like, man, let me, I got to I gotta go look them up or something, <laughs> right? right? Um, but that piece was key. And even as you were talking about like the different strategies within it, is I think about the great marketing and, and even sales talks where somebody was trying to like sell something mirrors so much of comedy I've seen. Right. Cause like I said, a lot of times, like you said, it'll be something they start out with, right? There's either thread throughout or right. something they start out with and you don't even see it coming. But at the very end of that thing, bam, right. it just like slam into you. Right. And then you like, what just happened? Where did that come from? Like yeah. you get blindsided. It's similar to, here's the other thing I say about a great presentation in comedy, you create your own language. Mm. So there are things that you say on stage that people run and say them. You always, I'm not from Maryland, but when I get around Lamar, I want to, <laughs> yo, that Jones, <laughs> you know, I want to throw some Maryland vernacular in there because you influenced me while you were doing your presentation. So you can tell whether it's not as a great presentation if people want to mm. mimic what they've seen. Like similar to what you said about you mimic the jokes, people even mimic great presentations. They'll yeah. say a key phrase that you use, that's why it's good to use these little brief statements. You know, one of the things I say often is what you're not gonna do. Like that's just a tag that I just keep bringing back. I keep bringing this term back. And the more people hear it, the funnier it gets. I, so I, I remember, I went to this play there's a play, I think it's called Sacred Samuel. It's a play, it was based in a small city and there were two, two settings. There was a beauty shop for women and a bar for the men. Someone died in the city, a long time resident, and that they found out that the female was a man, like when they exhumed mm -hmm. the body, whatever. So when the women found this information out, they needed to call the bar to tell the men. Now we all know, cause we're sitting in the audience watching it, but the longer it took for the people at the beauty parlor to say it, the funnier it got. Like it just built <laughs> up the anticipation. So there's some things that everybody knows the punchline. Yeah. But if you hold it yeah. longer, it just builds up that anticipation. So when you finally say it, 
it kind of releases that valve like the balloon. It's just like, oh, man. And, and so you know what? And this is so good. One of the things I love um, when you talk about these things is I notice things that inherently work well, like even in our own community, TSP, but I don't even know why. I just know they work, and I like he, you know I keep doing I do right. on them. But even with you, right? For the um, folks who haven't been to our conference, I don't know what you're doing in your life. <laughs> but you need to go profit.com, get signed up for whatever's next. We got them every six months. You need to come one. But um, when somebody new comes up to the microphone and they ask me a question, and they're like, "Lamar, you know, I, this is my business. What should I do to get to a million dollars in the next six months?" It's like everybody that's in the know already starts dying laughing because they wait me to say. It depends, right? But like, like they literally. But they wait. Yeah, they literally like. Yeah, no, it's like a little thing. That's like a whole thing, like you right. said, right? Like where the audience is like dying, yeah, they're like the falling out. They making me laugh because they laughing at me, and I ain't even said nothing. Exactly. But it's like the anticipation, they and then know when I. But like you say. said, then when I say it, it's like a release in the room. Ah! Yeah, it's like, it's like, but meanwhile, the person at the mic. They're very confused. Yeah, they're very confused, right? They're like, are they laughing at me? It's a whole thing. We got to massage them after the fact. Right. But I never knew why. That's why. Well, oh, man. This people is good. know this the good. answer and they're waiting for, like, and you, if you just hold it, the folks that know, it, and I remember watching that and I'm like, I got to do it. I got to do that. And it's similar to a quarterback in the pocket yeah. waiting for a route to develop. It's like, if I throw this too soon, the receiver's not going to be there, but I know there's pressure coming. Yeah. I know they're trying to, but I'm going to stay here in the pocket and I'm going to throw it at that perfect moment. Touchdown. But if you throw it too soon, it's an interception. Throw it too late, it's incompletion. But if you throw it at the right time, it's amazing. Like, it's Perfect. a score. All right. If people are watching, they want to get a hold of you. they like, man, I need to... Because you do work directly with people. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you work? Is it, is it workshops, one-on-one? -on -one, you review stuff, you help them create it. Like, what's that look like? How can they get in contact? So, I do coach. I, I, I help folks with their keynote. So, if you have a presentation that you know, hey, man, I, I want more out of this presentation... I'll look at your introduction, I'll look at your closing, and even look at the body of you. You're gonna send me your content and I'll evaluate it mm. and get that back to you. So there's no you know, really in-depth, intensive type um, uh, working together. You just send me your content, whether it's you know written or it's recorded, and I'll give you some pointers. And I'll, I'll give you more than enough that you can use and feel comfortable with. And I'll, I'll help you implement, then we'll come back and take a look at that. I do have a course, if you go to my website, it's uh, infusing humor in your presentation. Just go to MikeGoodwin.com and all that information is there. You can find the link for coaching. You can find the link for the course. But I definitely love working with folks that, especially people that have a real difficult content and they, they know the content's dry. Because here's the other thing about comedy. If you need, if you have, if you're real low, you gotta take people high. Yeah. And if they're high, you gotta take people low. So there's some people that are naturally funny but you need to be a little more serious. You need to bring mm -hmm. a little bit more tragedy and drama into your presentation and think about your presentation like a movie. When you watch a movie, you want the ebbs and flows of emotion. Right. You want to feel good, you want to laugh, you want to cry, you want all those emotions. So I help folks to add the humor part. And even if you got the humor part, help you add some other layers that make the humor stand out a little stronger. And, it, and here's the other side. You don't have to be a stand-up comedian. You just need to think like one. Mm, that's good. I love it. How can they get in contact with you, Mike? MikeGoodwin.com. I'm everything you need. I'm there. And, and follow me on social media. I'm at uh, comedian Mike Goodwin on Facebook, Bowtie Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. And I started a podcast called The Best Advice Ever 
podcast that people could check out. Ooh, that's high expectations. Hey, man. When you turn... <laughs> Best advice ever. <laughs> like, let me go see what this guy's right, talking right. about. Right? That, that's intriguing. <laughs> the best intriguing. advice ever podcast Mike Good. Uh, real, real quick before we go, now, I, got, I got a couple of questions back. Like, what kind of advice is it about? All the stuff that I've heard over the years. So one of the ones I recently was talking about is go to therapy. Mm. Like, especially if you're a black man. If you're a black man and you're watching this show. This is a new era. Get your butt. We was growing up. No nobody, black boy, nobody. No, no therapy. <laughs> what nobody <laughs> you go you. to work. <laughs> and you take care of your family and your kids. You don't smile. You don't jiggle, no key, key, key. You get your butt in the bed and you get up and do it all over again. You take no break, no mancation. You don't go nowhere with your boys. None of that. You get your butt in there and you work and you die. That's what you do. You die before your wife and she got 20 good years after you go. Because you won't go sit on somebody's couch and tell them about how when you were 12, they told you you had a peanut head and now you wear hats all the time. Because <laughs> you're not confident in the shape of your head. <laughs> I love it. All right, y'all. You got it right. Make sure you follow them. And also, we had a link to the podcast down in the show notes. So make sure you check it out. And for, don't remember. I'm editing. And make sure you check it out. And remember this, whatever you do, take action. So Mike gave you a blueprint. Make sure you get connected with him. Make sure you get the information. And make sure you start infusing humor in your talks, presentations, and everything you do around your business. I hope you enjoyed today's show. We drop new episodes every single week. So make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications. Enjoy the next episode.